quiet, please, children. Quiet now. Bob and Zip. Shall we begin? Okay, folks, the Rolling Stones are at it again. Not only have the Rolling Stones announced a new North American tour, their No Filter Tour, which begins on May 8th, but they are coming out with a line of uh, applesauce and other foods for their fans to eat. And uh, believe it or not, that one I made up, but believe it or not, Mick Jagger is invested in a, a podcasting company. Yes. And Keith Richards has finally quit smoking. All that and more coming up on the Bob and Zipcast. Here in December I heard they got a new member Yes they did And my only prayer Is that Grams were alive He never got a chance to see them Losing all his vision And most of his hearing But Grandma had the pins in the room Where he cranked their tune Grandma just shook her head and said, kid, Grandpa loved the Rolling Stones. And when he heard painted black, he smoked bones. And when he died, they buried him next to Brian Jones. Hey, Grandma. Is it true what they say, Keith? Stumbled in to make the day they discovered fire. Uncle Grandma, some wild stalk going around town saying that Charlie Walsh's three great-grandchildren are about to retire. Now that ain't nice. Heard some talk about Jack getting some intensive caring. Roaming around a nursing home with Alzheimer's swearing. Older than dirt, still wheelchairs the name of the two. Grandma just hung up here and said, boy, Grandpa loved the Rolling Stones. And when he played satisfaction, he moaned. And when he died, they carved the big tongue on his headstone. Grandpa loved the Rolling Stones. When he played jumping jack flash, heart of stone. In the stone. Hello, check one, two. Ed Kelly, try to talk back and forth over me like one, a morning two. show. Hey, this is where we eight. interrupt each other. Check, yeah, check, check, let's check. do some crosstalk. So let's it do some really that. professional. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Bob, uh, as I was saying, enough about me. What do you think about me? I think you're amazing. Actually. Oh, thank you. I think been, I'm amazing too. So that's two. I, uh, I wish I could have ridden your coattails. <laughs> I, I would yeah, have well, given you some. Uh, you know, I would have p- pulled out your parachute so the wind would catch it. There you go. 
or a drag shoot, as yes. we use in Detroit. Are, yeah. So are you uh, going for the stadium announcer thing? Yes. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I live cool. cl- I can walk there. Let's talk here. about it. Let's make it part of the deal. Okay. No one's going to, unless you don't think you can. I, now yeah. I start to do this whole thing. Well, should I talk about it? on the? Well, let's record, Zip. Are you ready? Yes, I'm recording. All right, we're here. It's episode number five. It's the Bob and Zip cast. I'm Bob. Zip. I'm Ed. Ed, Zip, Bob, <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused. You're out of order. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I'm Bob. Take two. I am Zip. And I am Ed. Kelly. On third. Yeah. So, uh, and the reason we introduce each, each other each time is the podcast is new. Uh, all of us have known each other a long time and are broadcast veterans uh, but you don't know us yet. Uh, in this podcast, we talk about life. We try, and I say try, mm-hmm. to come up with different angles and different thoughts about things than what you're reading constantly in the news. We're not going to duplicate any other channel out there. Uh, and if we start to talk about something that everyone else is talking about, the rule is we have to come up with something different. We cannot just have the same pablum spoon-fed <laughs> Talking points. Are you hearing me, Zip? Yes, I am. I am. And close attention. Which means I really want to hear your ultra-liberal views, but I want you to personalize them about you. Uh, And that's what we're not getting these days. I turn on the news, and I see everything I see is regurgitated, same thing I see on every other channel. Does anybody else agree with this? Oh, God, yeah. Mm. I think it's that it's just, whole thing about, you know, white-knuckling any kind of social commentary anymore for fear of pushback from yes. people. Yeah. We had some uh, folks for dinner last night. A very nice couple. Uh, Don. How, how did they taste? They were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Cannibalism. Holly, Holly was a little yeah. salty. but They uh, had an old friend for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Dahmer, party of four. Um, yes. So, <laughs> well, and the reason, right and, the and, and, right, and we don't do this a lot, by the way, because uh, Lisa and I are, I, I wouldn't say we're antisocial. No. I would say this, and a lot of entertainers have this. We have social anxiety. Yeah. And um, what I mean by that is because, uh, as a rule, our careers and lives have all been about being judged. Oh, God, yeah on our social performances. And for some reason we wanted that, by the way, uh, like the whole idea of having dinner with somebody or going to a party, it feels like you can't just relax and be yourself. Now, Zip and I used to have a way to handle this. It was called being an alcoholic. (laughs) Right? I I use that term loosely. I I prefer to call it professional drinking at an extreme level. Yeah. I was at the top of my game. <laughs> and you didn't do drugs the way I did, right? You were pretty strictly a uh, alcohol dude. Right? Yeah, you know, I wasn't a binger. You were a binger, as I recall. I was a binger, all right. If there was money in the cash machine and the <laughs> bank would still accept my card. Well, and the other thing was, is whenever his wife went out of town, I was in trouble. It was going to be a Uh-oh. questionable performance the next day. Oh, you're Always right, because I would not have the, she was the police. Yeah, she would know if I, you know, stayed up all night. You'll appreciate yeah. this. This is kind of a radio thing, but um, there was a one major day. There was a, a big, huge thing. The company that we were working for, what was it at the mm-hmm. New City Communications? Correct. 
Sure. So oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Ferguson. they had bought this big remote studio. It was the, you know, the uh, godchild of the whole chain, and they were rolling it, was a- it out. It actually on an RV. It was called the Rock Bus. The Rock Bus. Wow. And uh, we were giving in the, the maiden voyage, maiden broadcast at this uh, breakfast place. <laughs> and uh, Lisa mm. had gone out of town, and Bob went Uh-oh. on kind of a bender. So anyway, I show up at the studio. He did God's... Uh, why don't you explain it? You'd be better. Well, I used to do this thing called God's Weather, which is actually a bit popularized by Howard Stern. I didn't mm-hmm. steal his bit per se, uh, mm-hmm. but I, a consultant brought it to me. And as since I was a Catholic school kid who really had all sorts of God issues, uh, <laughs> I started running with it. And it was hugely popular. And, yeah. and by the way, after that, that's a whole other uh, story, the Howard Stern story, because his yeah. fans started tormenting me. Uh, and, and by the way, the, the God bit is basically the George Burns bit, where George is in the car with John Denver in that movie, I Oh God. I can't imagine what you mean. And, and it's raining <laughs> in the car, right? And, of course it is. Yeah, and George says, God, why is God. it only raining in the Because God said, oh, you know, I can make the weather. And George said, prove it or something like that. He said, why is it only raining in my car? And do you remember uh, what God said? God said, well, George Burns. God has a very poor memory. He's okay. He's dead now. But he said, George Burns is. But he said, why would I want to ruin everybody's day? So he just made it rain (laughs) inside. Anyway, so I used to do this God's weather thing. Anyway, I had to do it. Only I came in at like five in the morning to record it. Mm -hmm. And I was still drunk from the night before and lit up so god had a little bit so i'm, wa- I'm walking by the production studio and there's god's weather morning your holiness how are you i'm doing good how about you and so it was so blatantly obvious because even by then i was starting to sober up Oh, and I was yeah. like, "Holy, you know, did we I managed do to that? get through." I covered, I covered your ass on that, Bob. Never you did. forget. You did a, yes. a good job, uh, basically <laughs> smiling at everybody, <laughs> pretending it was all fine, which would get you into Al-Anon as well as alcoholics. Yeah, <laughs> so an enabler. But anyway, back to so yeah. back to I don't know why I started talking yeah, I, about this, no. but social anxiety was was the topic, and yes. uh, and so uh, especially if you're uh, drunk and you get sober. You don't lose that social anxiety. You just learn to look at it the way that guy in a beautiful mind looks at all his hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> you know that movie where the guy is, yeah. he's, he's still, um, Great movie. you know, he's still psychotic. Yeah. He still sees things. He just smiles at them and goes, oh yeah, you yeah. again, my hallucination. And, and so I, you know, anyway, this really nice guy and his girlfriend, uh-huh. We're doing sound uh, at a bar for a semi-famous musician, and I wanted to record him. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is Val McCallum. He's the lead guitar player for uh, Jackson Brown. Oh, and that nice. has been for 20 years. He's also one of those guys who, and, and I don't want to talk son, too out of son school. Son of David McCallum, the uh, man, Ilya Kuryakin on Man from U.N.C.L.E. That's yes, his father. that's his father, and his stepfather was Charles Bronson, and his mom is... Jill, uh, Jill Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Uh, the only woman that Oof. Spock would ever love. Oof. Yeah. So, he, I mean, yeah. he comes from, you know, artistic royalty. And, yeah. uh, and he was playing here, and he had asked my friend uh, Rick Davis if he would video the thing. And, uh, you know, he wanted to just take a couple pictures uh, to memorize, you know, remember the little bar he was playing in Vermont. This is a guy, by the way, this year. 
this past year, who just finished tracking Toy Story 4 in L.A. Because that's no where he lives kidding. most of the time. Yeah. I thought Randy Newman did all that stuff. Well, but they need a guitar player. Of course. Yeah, yeah. so that's what he does. He, he's not the uh, whole, he's the, you call him in when you want. Guy. He's sort of like the modern day version of the Wrecking Crew. Yeah. Yeah, the record crew in L.A. Right. He's one of those guitarists mm -hmm. in L.A. that you'd go, like, oh, like you, he's the new Glenn Campbell is what you well, <laughs> I don't you know go. if he'd go with that, yeah. but, but <laughs> you know, we, you need Val McCallum for that sound, and then they'd bring him right. in to work on the album or whatever. So anyway, I was going to, to you know, I was just going to bring an iPhone and shoot, but I also brought my GoPros. And when I got oh, there, this- you with your $150 cameras. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, anyway, this sound guy was really nice. I'd never met him. And I said, I'm going to set up a couple of GoPros. Can you give me an audio feed? Oh, really? And what he ended up doing is he ended up, and uh, Zip, you'll understand this, he ended up bringing out an entire collection of microphones to mic every single drum, every single instrument, and give me a multi-track recording of the night. From the board? Yes. A board feed. So that I could then uh, take it home and realize that I do not have the skills to put this together. <laughs> So you had all the trees and none of the pruning tools. I had nothing. I had nothing. <laughs> so I have been uh, for, and Zip, you understand this, and maybe you do. Do you get? Do you geek out into computers? Um, I don't geek out. I, I learn as much as I need to to make a living, and I stop there. There you go. Amen. That's good. Workflow. It's Thank all you. about workflow. That's what exactly. I, what I say do is I say, oh, I would dream I could make a video. All I need mm. to do is learn Adobe Premiere. Yeah. And then I kept brick wall after brick wall. What's good about computer geeking out is that you uh, don't have time to watch MSNBC. That's true. Or Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I mean, not that they have a liberal slant anymore. But. Literally, little, Lisa will lean over. And what's nice about her leaning over these days at three in, three in the morning is yeah. she doesn't think I'm doing coke. She knows... <laughs> You're watching Rachel Maddow. Yeah. She knows that I was in the studio, actually, just, you know, working on software. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. And, and, and I wanted to say thank you to this guy who recorded this stuff uh, and also sit with him and teach him some aspects of a software program that I knew. But uh, we invited him over and, you know, and we all get like, oh, we're having people over. And what's yeah. funny is we start cleaning the house. Of course. We never clean Appearances, the house. you know. Yeah. You're house proud, though. And Lisa sets out a buffet that's like the finest restaurant. Oh my. And I feel like I should invite someone over every day because then she would feed me like this. <laughs> Little hot dogs just, just and beans. in a brown bag. <laughs> yeah. 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 With me, it's like there's something in the freezer that was left over. <laughs> yeah, Put it in the microwave. And yeah. Ding. <laughs> Done. But, it, but it was beautiful. And she made um, the most amazing butternut squash soup. I love butternut squash oh. soup. Oh, I'll I'm give a... you the recipe. You Please? basically have a beautiful wife, and you ask her to make it. That's the recipe. Well, that salad dressing recipe you guys gave me was uh, incredible. Stolen from a restaurant, by the way. Really? Coming Not up stolen. next on America's Test Kitchen, we'll be well, chatting. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the dressing, I will give out the dressing that you speak of at the end of this yeah, podcast. Really? It oh, is a, folks, it I is an authentic it. Moroccan, Greek... Uh, dressing that does not have vinegar in it because right. the, the, if you get a Greek dressing and it says it has vinegar in it, yeah. it it's not a Greek dressing. 
No. Greek. And it also eats anything that you pour it on if you put it in the fridge afterwards <laughs> to, to keep. Because um, it is. Well, let me think about acidic. that. No, I don't think so. Because I'm saying I'll vinegar you, does that. I'll tell you what's in it. Vinegar does that. I'll tell you what's in this dressing. And I'll give you the proportions at the end of the podcast. Mm -hmm. okay. I've given this to several people and they all write it down and make it for years. Yeah. The most, and, and it comes from a restaurant, Zip will remember, in Worcester, Massachusetts, called the El Morocco. Oh, sure. Yeah. The El Morocco was a. Was the Copacabana uh, of Worcester, if there was ever such a it thing. It really was. was. It, re it was like the. His name spot. was Zipfeld. <laughs> he went Morocco. <laughs> Pretty much. Keep going with that, yeah. uh, Barry. Uh, and with yellow ribbons in his head <laughs> and a drunk who fell on the fly. Claire. But it was also kind of a mafia hangout, wasn't it, Zip? Uh, well, it. You know, there were ne'er-do-wells around the fringes. There were ne'er-do-wells. Like the guy who owns Strawberries Records and Tapes, Morris Levy, who's oh. now passed away and probably isn't going to come after me for saying No, that. he ain't coming after you because he sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> he does. Uh, but he, uh, like, at one point he was grooming me. Yeah. Uh, not, you know. For nits. <laughs> Not like Father Bingham, but like okay, good. Oh, geez, Lord. <laughs> Let's get buggery humor in here. Well, Why is, not? <laughs> remember, we're in Boston. So that's well, where that's the true. spotlight comes from. Oh, yeah. We've got stories from about that, salad too. salad dressing to buggery, you hear it all. <laughs> yes. That's right. But anyway, all I know is yeah, that yeah. that dressing you could pour on a poached motorcycle seat and it would be tasty. It's very tasty. <laughs> and you would, want, you would ask for more motorcycle seat yes, if there's would. any left. So what's in the dressing? Uh, anyway, this was kind of a mafia hangout, and everybody went there. Their shish kebab was amazing, and their salad dressing was this. Everyone would say, how do you make it? And they would go, oh, it's a family secret. Ancient Chinese secret, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah. and what was that, ancient? Oh, we need ancient. more Calgon. <laughs> That's right. Ancient Chinese Sorry. secret. Oh, I thought that was a Here's trade a deficit. Ancient <laughs> so, uh, one day, uh, yeah. somehow we ran into a waitress that had mm -hmm. been fired. And by the way, this is the kind of thing Lisa does. Every time we went to that restaurant, at the end of the night, she'd say to the waitress, can you get me the salad dressing? <laughs> and the waitress would go, you know, I can't do that. I would lose my job. And uh, every time. And she, it would be like she'd never heard it before. She would just ask again. Yeah. Persistence pays. Um, one day we ran into uh, someone who was a former waitress there, and uh, she had been fired. And Lisa said, "Disenfranchised." Yeah. And Lisa yeah. said, "Can you give me the salad dressing?" And she said, "You bet your ass I will." <laughs> <laughs> she said, "I used to make this every day. I can tell you exactly how they make it." Screw those guys. <laughs> Only four ingredients in this salad dressing, wow. and uh, they have to be in the right proportion, mm -hmm. and it's not hard. Uh, let me look it up, actually, because now I'm not going to make your way to the end of the broadcast. That's an Thanks old so. TV trick. Mm -hmm. Coming up, will a hurricane hit your house right after it's, these? Zip, that's what he calls the tease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am opposed to those, although I understand the necessity. you got to hook them through the spots, man. I was, trying to, next time. I was trying to track some of this conversation back to the original point we were trying to make. <laughs> Oh, good luck with that. Social anxiety. We're, we're, I, all, we're I, on. Yeah. <laughs> Try Google Earth. It might help. Yeah. So so let me tell you what's in Street it. view. Um, yes. and, I, and I actually don't have it written down in front of me, but I know it by heart. Uh, it is olive oil, which is the prime ingredient of any Mediterranean diet and one of the most healthy things you can eat. 
Oh my gosh, so many jokes, so little time. Oh boy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the second ingredient is lemon juice. Yes. Preferably from fresh squeezed lemons. Good luck with that in the winter. But, uh, you know, the kind that you buy in the yellow thing that's frozen that says Minute Maid on it, mm-hmm. not from concentrate, but real lemon juice, uh, yes. that'll work just fine. That's what I use. Okay. In the green bottle, green plastic bottle. And then the third thing is salt. Mm-hmm. And you need to use a, a lot of salt. Just ignore all the things you've read about salt because... From salt. your doctor, yeah. It's completely, uh, by the way, you know that salt is, is not that unhealthy anymore. Uh, just like red meat. It depends who you ask. In yeah. fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, medical science had it all wrong. And it was really the sugar lobby that was trying to point the finger of blame at every other food ingredient. Every other condiment. Yeah. yeah. Zip, can you hit pause for a second? <clears throat> I'm going to get the actual uh, bottle that has the. I have it too if you can't find it. All right. Okay. Uh, thank you. Through the miracle of pausing a podcast, I could go upstairs and grab the recipe, which is on the bottle. Zip, if we had known, we could TiVo Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so, if I would binge watch him, however, Ed. I don't blame you. Uh, we'll don't, get to are you. we back to his binging again? You really do hold resentment over that, don't you? Oh. No, uh, Zip, Zip, had a, Zip was very well behaved in how he binged. Okay, so here's the uh, here are the actual ingredients: uh, one cup evu, which means extra virgin olive oil. Yes. That's How does a virgin become that. extra virgin? By the way, that's... <laughs> two hymens. <laughs> um, one cup evu, one half yes. cup lemon juice, four <laughs> teaspoons of salt, mm-hmm. and four teaspoons. Of crumbled mint leaves. Yes. Those four things, and they have to be in just the right combination, and you have to experiment with a few different olive oils till you find just the right one. I experimented with the salts as well. I use pink Himalayan because the doctors say it's yeah. better for me. Mm. Salt's su- super important, by the way. Don't chintz on the salt. You only no. live once. Don't use the iodized stuff. It's not good for you. Oh. You know, I tried to say that to Lisa, uh-huh. and, and she's... I sneaks because I got a whole bunch of like the real cr- kind of salt chunks mm-hmm. and, and with one of those graters, mm-hmm. sea salt, it's called. Yeah. And she snuck back the iodized in there. And I said, what, why do you, why do you do that? And she says, it's better for you. And I said, no, it's worse for you. She said, well, I read it's better for you. And that's by the way, what living is like in yeah. 2020. Whichever lobby spends the most money? Well, no. <laughs> you, can bu- you can find evidence to support whatever you want to believe. Online. Global warming is a Chinese hoax. No, it That's isn't. Right. It's backed by science. No, it isn't. It's a Chinese hoax. Yeah. It's right, not then. like back in the day when C. Everett Koop had the final word on cigarette smoking. C. Everett Poop. Yes. That's right. So anyway, that, that's, the, uh, that's the dressing. Back to social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, I still have it. I have it a lot. Uh, do you zip? Uh, occasionally, I think mine is quite honestly linked to seasonal affective disorder. This time of year, I have a, you know. I do too. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Tell me what that means, seasonal affective disorder. Uh, it's just a lethargy, a little depression, uh, indecision. Low grade. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nothing over the a general top, but, malaise. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it, and I, you know, it's funny. I didn't, it, the weather's been better, uh, this year, although it's just the lack of sunlight. I know that's what it is. So. Oh, oh, okay. So, yes. cause I was wondering whether that was caused by you reading about it or had an actual cause. No, no, uh, I've always, I know I've had, I can, I remember even as a, I was thinking back to the, the hey, this is an awful remembrance, but that uh, when <laughs> when Kennedy got shot, it was is this in going November. to involve Father Bingham too? Because no, I was no, like, no, I was giving him a pat. No, no. <laughs> like a scene there from Mystic River. Sponsors. Yeah. Did you but, go uh, to Catholic school like I did? Anybody? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. Uh, no, no. I was, I was just gonna uh, just say, uh, yeah. I just even as a kid, I just remember you know from about the end of October through eh, you know the beginning of April, I was you know. Not as cheerful. So the theory on this is that it's sunlight, which makes some scientific sense because sunlight actually puts vitamin D in you. Yes, it does. And uh, and has a serious, like when we spent a lot of time in Hawaii, my blood levels were entirely different for vitamin D. And living in Seattle, it was basically like uh, you know, zero, pretty yeah. down to nothing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That's hmm. why Eddie Vedder sang that way. <laughs> well, I, I cure that by sitting under fluorescent lights and bathing my face in a constant blue screen of an iPad. Well, that explains yeah. Kurt Cobain's uh, cheerful disposition. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that combined with heroin. heroin yeah, heroin. Definitely. Yeah, but I mean, all of the, does it not, did Eddie Vedder not sing more dark stuff than lighthearted fair? Yeah, so the theory in Seattle was that the grunge movement came out of people who essentially locked themselves in their basements or garages Not and made true. these dirgy songs during the winter season when it was always cloudy and raining. I think Not there was true. some truth to that. because the No, the, it was funded by the flannel lobby. Yeah, well, <laughs> they got on board yes. um, because they saw an opportunity. Uh, and the flannel is, you know, in Seattle it's cold enough that you need a flannel shirt, but not cold enough that you need a down jacket, usually. But did you, did you notice, Bob, though, that even the grunge bands in Cali were suddenly donning flannel? Well, so we in Seattle, just for the record, viewed them as ripoffs. Like, That's the song, Californians Leaving. Yes, we did a song about Californians Leaving yes. would surely make my day. That was yes. the Mamas and the Papas. Hilarious. But back to grunge... Uh, for example, Stone Temple Pilots, we called them the Stone Gossard Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually was interviewing the lead singer. What was his name now? Uh, and, and I said that to him. I said, some yeah. people in Seattle call you the Stone Gossard Pirates. What would you say to that? And he'd say, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves. And then he, <laughs> and then he hung up. <laughs> and it was the end of the interview, which... Uh, you know, I, I had to figure out that, oh, yeah, he knew he was on in Seattle, and he knew I was baiting him with that question. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly how he handled it. It was. Uh, did you hit the dump button, Bob, like you have to do I, in broadcast? I did. Uh, yeah. and, and I think it worked. That you, know, you only find out that the dump button doesn't work. When you get fired. <laughs> no, when you need it. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And that's oh, happened boy. to me a few times. Uh, once. Thank you, thank you, Eventide Corporation, yeah, for saving all go. of our jobs. Oh, yeah, oh, the yeah. dump button. Yeah. Yeah. I think that time it did work. And I was left, you know, with dead air explaining. Uh, oh, boy. So, uh, Stone Temple Pilots, who was their lead singer? Now I'm 
I'm not going to hit pause all the time every time I don't know something. <laughs> so I'm just going to look it up while you guys stall. All right. I have a dump button. I just have the faceplate from that eventide uh, rack mount thing and the dump button. I put it in my bathroom. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> wow. That's really I, great, I think, actually. A dump yeah. button right next to the toilet. Uh, yeah. Nobody would get that but someone in radio. <laughs> well, we're all that's in radio right. here. Yeah, really. okay. It is an audience of three. <laughs> so it was Scott Weiland, the lead singer Scott, for the Stone Temple right, Pilots. That's right. Yeah, big, yes. big star at the time. Yeah. And there was a disc jockey in Canada on a new rock station, the 89X, who used to say it so quickly coming out of it, I thought they were stuntable pilots for so long. <laughs> the stumptable pilot. Yeah. Stumptable well, pilot. the stumptable pilot was Kobe's pilot. Yeah. Uh, more oh, came out about soon, that. Bob. Too, too soon. soon. Oh, oh, it's not too soon. Where is the line for you? Are you kidding? It's open season on Kobe now because of those uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, rape charges, allegations, basically. Allegations, I'm trying to, I, I don't know why I try to soften uh, the word on that. But, uh, but no, the, the, I mean, there's still puff pieces being written. Mm. But the story, uh, as it has developed on that crash, is that the pilot was instrument rated. Mm -hmm. And if he had wanted to, he could do what's called a pop-up instrument. In other words, the minute he couldn't see very well, mm -hmm. you, you could basically go... hover because you're in a helicopter. Yeah, autopilot, right? Well, you just hover. You can okay. do that on autopilot, I assume. Mm -hmm. a and then you uh, radio air traffic control and say, I need a pop-up IFR. And they give you what they say, you know, uh, climb to 6,000 feet or it yeah, would be less clear. Than Los go Angeles. ahead, yeah. And yeah. then they and then they vector you around and you go. Except the, he uh, wasn't. Uh, except he. I thought he was too low at one point for. He was too low for flight following, which means that they can't see him on the radar, so they can't follow yes, his progress. Yes, he was below the mountain, below the. Yeah. Mm. And again, being a pilot in Seattle, I lived all of this stuff. I lived mm -hmm. the fog. I lived the marginal VFR conditions, nasty wind, and. Uh, you know, every time I went up, unlike Kobe. There are pills for that nasty wind. But. Yeah. <laughs> unlike. And, uh, Come on, there will be no fart jokes on this. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're not going to do that. Really? Terrible. Uh, unlike Kobe Bryant and his pilot, every time I went up, I thought, I'm going to kill myself. So how do I prevent it? Right. Uh, and, you know. A good pilot in that kind of weather is like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to do this. But the reason the pilot couldn't do a pop-off IFR, this has now come out just last week, was that the helicopter, the helicopter company wasn't licensed for IFR. So this is where the guy was. He was in a, in a position where every smart pilot would say, I better get IFR. Yep. Then he was like, but my company doesn't have the license for it, so I can't. Once again, a corporate. Mm. Ah, uh, it's a, his, his corporate limitation killed them all. Kind of like radio, right? Yeah. But, but <laughs> ultimately, yeah. But ultimately, he could have done it anyway and said it was an emergency. Right. It does always fall on the pilot. The pilot is in charge. As oh, so in other words, he was you at. you think he would know that? He, he, was, asking permi he was asking permission to. Fly into the clouds, correct? Essentially, no, he never did. Oh, he but but he, but he could have. Legally. He could have. That's easily. what he would have done. Yeah. Like I got to go up yes. to see where I am. I can't see where I am. Okay. Yes. Well, what you do is you don't see anything at that point when you're IFR. This happened to me once, and I told the story on the other podcast. I was flying home. I had a co-pilot with me. He was a 
good licensed IFR pilot and the clouds started getting lower and lower and lower and we're about, you know, a thousand feet over the water, the Strait of Juan de Fuca. And he goes, yeah, uh, let me take the airplane in here. And I go, okay. Yeah. He goes, my airplane. And then he calls Whidbey Island Naval Air Space Station and he goes, uh, Whidbey, uh, I'd like to request pop up IFR. And they go climb to 4,000 feet and, you know, vector 160 for Boeing Field. And, and that's all it took. I mean, yeah. literally, that's all it would have taken. Now, you might have faced discipline when he got back because the yes, aircraft wasn't that licensed. That was probably his fear, I would think. I was just thinking that. Yeah, and it'd be like, well, uh, we were going to die, um, and, you know, there would be a lot of nice memorials and a lot of flowers, but I decided <laughs> it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Why was he going so fast? That's the other thing. I don't get it. I, wouldn't you just... Come to a halt, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thrill of not being stuck in traffic causes many people <laughs> on, in LA to on go one faster than they should. <laughs> um, well, psychologically, I have read that when you're in trouble, you want to get out of it fast. Oh, yeah. And the human brain—that's when you do something really stupid. I uh, like my love life. Yeah. yeah, I did that with a drone um, a few months back. I was like, I need to get out of there, and I just. Wang to the oh, thing, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I crashed it right into the tree. Yeah, panic, you understand. You, you fly what you're a drone. Doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a drone pilot now. Yeah, and you've put a lot of helicopter pilots out of business, by the way. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the, well, it that. reminds me of the drum machine putting drummers yeah. out of business. Yeah, like they like they <laughs> didn't have enough <laughs> hard time getting a gig, right? <laughs> Zip. <laughs> Remember wow. in the '80s when like these these big drum machines would go. Gung, gung, yeah, gung, a Roland gung, 808. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, yeah. all these artists like Brian Adams would be, in the summer of 69, boom, boom, gah. And the drummers would be like, I can't make my drum sound like that. My drum Not sound, that big. boom, boom, From the 70s, you were used to laying t towels over the tops to make <laughs> yeah, them have exactly. that thud. The Eagles tried to make every drum sound like a cucumber hit with Damn. a stick. You know, the other interesting <laughs> thing is, is like, you know, not only just from being younger and having more energy, but because you were, the drums were so choked, you played faster. Because there was no oh, is that right? sound. Well, yeah. I really do think tempos were faster but, back then. Yeah. But, so there are the fills but, were certainly busier. That's for sure. <laughs> By the way, this is again the, the people with social anxiety just retreat into their music, yeah. and uh, you know you play the drums. You got you're up there. You're literally on a throne, but you're the farthest away from having to actually speak with another human being of anybody's being. Right? That's true. Well, and by the way, if you're the drummer, the yeah. ladies. Always. Desire, they desire two things in a band. A lead singer, and if that's not available or already yeah. taken, the drummer. <laughs> the drummer gets the cast-offs from the yeah. front man, basically. Well, not necessarily the cast-offs, because the drummer, and I'm speaking for Zip, because uh, mm. I know he won't say this, the drummer is actually uh, physically active, and so appeals, the pheromones, yes. the sweat of a drummer can be, can be felt throughout the nightclub. Mm -hmm. And and I think that sometimes the drummer has more appeal. It depends, uh, but a lead singer can. It does not matter. The lead singer can look like Sam Kinison. It's true. After a huge buffet, <laughs> not just Sam normal fat. 
<laughs> and, and, you know, and yeah. he's very appealing because he's the lead singer. Would you agree? Meatloaf yeah. got a girl. Meatloaf saying. got whatever he Yeah. Ironically. Yeah. A buffet. Is the loafster yeah. still around? Zip, look, notice how Zip doesn't want to tell stories no, of no. getting groupies. <laughs> no, no, no. Climbing up. No. You have a beautiful, and it's because he's in a beautiful relationship right now. Uh, God bless a God stable relationship, which was something I was foreign to me for a good 30 or 40 years. Yeah. yeah. Zip, uh, do you have naked pictures of her by any chance? <laughs> do, you, do you want some? <laughs> <laughs> he gets very uncomfortable if we talk about Jeannie oh, okay. immediately. No, First bad. off, because like Lisa, uh, Jeannie takes her, um, this, I'm not trying to think of a polite way to say this. Uh, Jeannie, Jeannie is, wears the pants. Ah, in the uh, in the household, the as far as the disciplinary alpha. action, right? Uh, yeah, to yes, to a degree. Yeah. It's, yeah, I've developed I've developed yeah. selective hearing over the years. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a coping no, mechanism. Headphones yeah. have warped ten for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but Jeannie is a um, absolute sweetheart, gorgeous. Yeah, and uh, and a career woman who um, is very successful. Yeah, she out earns him basically. Yeah. And again, yeah. here's the thing. She could certainly, and I don't want, let's, Zip, could you leave the room for a minute? So <laughs> Exit stage left, even. <laughs> no, but I mean, she could ha She could probably get the CEO of, oh, Zip is the CEO of his company. I shouldn't yes. do it that way. But, but she loves Zip because he's an artist and a drummer. I imagine I, that's got to be part of the appeal. Boy, I'm believe me, I mean, during the rough years, people were definitely questioning her sanity. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, oh, <laughs> when you were an alcoholic drummer. No. Yes. So, But he's but a she, drummer. A lot of girls want guys they can fix, though. Have you noticed? Yeah. Well, I certainly uh, <laughs> I was. You were in need of repair. Oh, my God. Yeah. And by yeah, the way, more. even after you're fixed, I'll tell you this, uh, your wife still thinks you need fixing. Yes. So and in your my, case, Bob, Lisa's right. Um, she is. <laughs> I can't disagree. Uh, I've, I've got a new tactic for that, by the way. What's that? Uh, it's one that I, and she hates it when I steal her tactics. Uh-huh. I say, well, this is probably about as good as I'm going to get. <laughs> she's this is she's way like, better. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> this is way better than I ever expected to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know. I, you know, whew, I'm already exceeding all likely possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> he paints this picture, but we both know oh, that, man. that it's it's very askew. What do you mean askew? What do you askew? You, you, she's crazy about you, and you two really have a great chemistry. It's yes, just a, it's uh, a wonderful relationship. It's but we do brawl. Uh, and, oh, of course, of course, uh, because she's yeah. not she's not a pushover. No, she's, she's got not. a spine. And when we brawl, you know who she reminds me of? Who? Donald mom. Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Do you call her Donna Trump? If, if I, oh, I will. If I say something <laughs> yeah. to make a point, uh -huh. she denies, she calls it fake news, not in those words, and she yeah. makes up her own uh, fake science to argue yeah. with me. And then she says, I call him Bob the Knob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know what no, I did? What I didn't realize about her for so many years is that she really did manage your career. She, she managed you. Well, the career, the household, the kids. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a lot. 
And Andrew wouldn't be a stand-up comic. He'd be a sit-down drunk were it not for Lisa. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It's hard to know. He's in he's in Honolulu, by the way. I know. I've, I'm, I've, I creep him on Facebook. A plug I saw him for, giving uh, the hang AndrewJRivers.com. Yeah. He, he yeah. now has reached a level of self-booking. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, not a lot of comics can do this, where he just books his own venues, sells his own tickets. As the feature, as the uh, as, well as the headliner or the, the feature. headliner, rather, yeah. he's co-headlining with another guy who sort of taught him how to do it, named mm -hmm. Corey. And they just said, "Well, let's go to Honolulu. Mm -hmm. We'll sell a venue." And at the end of the day, they have way more money than they would have if they'd been booked at a club. And eight new King Kamehameha jokes. <laughs> yeah. Your heart, but <laughs> it's a free vacation, as you put it. You so, anyway, back to social anxiety. And there's a couple mm -hmm. other things uh, I know that Ed has an important uh, it's a job interview, and I don't know if he's willing to talk about it. Uh, interview audition. I have I actually have a I have to record a Detroit Tiger spot in half an hour. So, uh, he's in Detroit, uh, Zip is in Worcester, and I am in uh, Weathersfield. Vermont. That's how yeah. this works, by the way, folks. The same as the other podcast with Bob, Spike, and Joe. We're all in different locations. And you in Detroit are up for, and when I say up for it, is that exaggerating? But you're auditioning. It's, a, it's an audition, yeah. I don't know how many people are in on the audition, but I was invited by the guy that asked me to do the Tigers um, commercial okay. to, to show up at the stadium for. I and this him, is the Detroit Tigers to yes, be the stadium announcer? PA announcer. The correct. PA announcer at the stadium. You bring everybody onto the field. And, yeah. and it's so it's not color play-by-play. -play. It's no. not on the radio. But it's still a pretty pretty big, prestigious voice gig in a major baseball market. It is. And, and can you, could I you, mean, um, could you give us a sample of, you know, what you're going to do at the audition today? Can you? Make a few. Well, Detroit. the audition is not today. The audition is Wednesday. Today's an actual commercial. But I, I would be saying, ladies and gentlemen, right. to sing Hold our on, can national Can you do that anthem. with the reverb? Can you make mouth reverb, or should I bring up? <laughs> Zip can put uh, reverb on it. All right, ready? You know, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, singing our national anthem. It's Karen Newman. Is that Randy Newman's little sister? And did he no, have a special pull no, to get her in there? Who's Karen Newman? Blonde. She's, she actually was one of Bob Seger's backup singers for a, a while. A Bob Seger backup singer. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Let us pause yeah, to remember Ernie Harwell. Yeah. Hello, I'm Ernie Harwell, and I'm back again. <laughs> <laughs> I asked them if they want me to do Ernie Harwell. They laughed. They, they, they said no. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Well, good luck for yeah. that. that. That would be... Uh, that is cool. I would, I would literally come to a, a Detroit Tigers game just to hear you. <laughs> well, you'd be welcome here. Did you and, ever want? As you know, Detroit's on the comeback. Were you a sporty kind of guy, Ed? Were you kind of an? No, a, and that's why this is a yeah. real stretch for me. But they say, "Zip, do things that scare you." That's if you're true. Gonna progress. <clears throat> yeah. So this and this one has me soiling myself. So <laughs> <laughs> let's hit a few. I'm going anyway. Let's yeah, hit a few like current up. events topics uh, in the last ten minutes here um, that we have uh, perhaps touched on before. The coronavirus is, uh, of course, still in the news uh, in some interesting ways. And um, it has now affected approximately, in fact, there's a website. Did you know you could do this? You, you can pull up a map of the world and see uh, the real-time figures for the coronavirus. 
Ooh, play by play for the apocalypse. How uh, well? And and by the way, I poo pooed the initial coronavirus mania. Yeah, uh, for a couple of reasons because compared to the flu, the coronavirus isn't even you know worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the real scary thing about it is that if it's a pandemic, which mm-hmm. is a phrase I'm becoming familiar with. Mm-hmm. It means that it literally could take over the whole planet. Yeah. And if it took over the whole planet, there's like some, you know, 7 billion people on Earth. Then the numbers of people it would kill would still be a small percentage of those who are infected, but it could be in the tens of millions. But Keith Richards would survive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He would be fine, actually. They would make a, uh, they would make an anti, they would make a vaccine out of his blood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just for the Keith new tour Richards it would still been, go on it's yeah, been cloned <laughs> and we would all line up at the keith richards uh blood mobile so come on i've got lots of needles if you if need you, some if you want to see this by the minute tracking because it'll be different by the time we uh you know by the time we even finish this podcast the number yeah. will be different there's a map and you, oh, to search for it just search johns hopkins coronavirus map they're keeping track of dystopian times. Yes. Mm. And you will, and, and by the way, it's a real thing in the sense, I mean, in the sense that human beings are just an animal species. Fragile. In an environment on a planet. Mm. The end of times for all of us could simply be a virus that comes and wipes us all out. As has happened previously. I With other many uh, times. creatures. Or, now, yeah. it's unlikely. Uh, uh, and part of why it's unlikely is even this one doesn't kill everybody. It just kills a small percentage. Percentage, mm-hmm. but as a human being, it's it's um it's considered bad taste to make fun of people who can't recover from illnesses. Mm-hmm. Ah, weak those weak people. You know, it's it, it, like remember we used to give out something called the Darwin Awards. Yes, I do. Uh, for the stupidest people on the, the planet. The stupidest people who got in dumb accidents or, yeah. you know. Of their own making. Left the car running in the garage while they were <laughs> sitting in it. And that yeah. seems to be okay if it's really stupid and it's just one person at a time. Yeah. Uh, but if a lot of people, you know, are in trouble and you make fun of it, it's not good. Okay, so just search Johns Hopkins coronavirus map and you'll find it. I was looking uh, at it. Uh, Got a link on my iPad. So right how on the long do page. they they predict it's going to take to come up with some kind of a, you know, remedy? Uh, they don't. They're working on a. They're working on uh, a whatchamacallit, a vaccine. They said mm-hmm. it could be as quick as a couple of weeks. There are a total of forty thousand cases confirmed now. Yeah, nine hundred ten deaths, which. Considering most of the cases are in China, which has 1.5 billion people, more than triple the size of the United States, mm-hmm. uh, that you know the the number of people that die from it is statistically minuscule, small. But because it's essentially spread like the common cold, which means it's really hard not to get a cold when it's cold mm-hmm. season. Yep. Uh, there is a thought that even though there have only been a dozen cases in the U.S. and one death that that dozen is going to be enough to make it break out all over our country. And doesn't it have a really long shelf life when it's, when, once it's been, uh, you know, spread to something, a surface? Uh, well, I read a little bit about that, and the, and the answer is they don't know for sure yet. 
uh, there's a couple of things they don't know. They don't know how many people have it and are asymptomatic, which is a word for not having any symptoms. Yes. Because some things in Lyme Never disease, manifest, one yeah. of these things, uh, a lot of people don't even get it. They just get the antibody and, you know, it doesn't bother them. And, and so just notice a tick in their ankle one weekend when they're taking a shower. Yeah. You know? So there could be like a million people with the coronavirus, but only 40,000 have the symptoms. So, so the, uh, I was just doing a little research here. There's so far like 3,600 recovered, uh, out of 36,000 infected, 29,000 are mildly infected, serious or right. critical 6,500. Right. Uh, so there is, and that's recovery. pretty, wherever you've got that, that's pretty close to updated, uh, and it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. I don't think it's a bad thing as a human being to, to thin the herd once in a while. <laughs> well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I, I, I'll, I'll let politicians comment on that one. Okay. But, but I don't think it's a bad thing to be reminded that we are mortal beings and that yeah. we are here by the good graces of good fortune and, and that not everything is entirely like human beings are so spoiled. Oh yeah, we we want everything to be instant gratification. We uh, expect to be healthy. Like if the doctor doesn't know something, I don't go. Well, I hope you know in, in the generations to come that science gets better. I go, what a shitty doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but when you, but Bob, with you, where does he begin? Above yeah. the neck or below? <laughs> well, when you think about it, uh, back when healthcare became something that was provided for by your workplace, yes, there really wasn't any healthcare. There was aspirin, drink lots of yeah. fluids, call me yeah. in the morning, penicillin. Oh, you have some pus dripping. Yeah, here, take take this. Yeah. Uh, My mother's cure-all was a hot toddy as a kid. And, right. And all of these <laughs> yeah. all of these cancer drugs and all that stuff that cost tens of thousands of dollars didn't exist. No. And now that all this stuff exists. They want a lot of money for it. <laughs> well, they have, they literally are death panels. Um, mm -hmm. That was a phrase used, a talking point by Republicans against Obamacare. You know, Obama they, administration. Yeah. They would create death panels. And, and credit uh, Donald Trump because he... He's not afraid to challenge the norms. That's something mm -hmm. I actually like about him. Like for example, Coyote. Yeah. yeah. For example, death panels have always existed. They're called insurance companies. That's right. And we should call them death panels. And I think Bernie Sanders might be just the kind of guy to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and because, of course, you have to have a death panel. If, the, if you're in a tribe and the witch doctor only has one plant that's going to cure the disease who are they going to give it to? the most pretty girl in the tribe <laughs> <laughs> and you know it yeah and, and it could be a barter system for that or the that's guy funny. or the or the hunter who brings in the most meat the see? biggest buck yeah, yeah. Uh, which is oh. the same system that we live under today that's true <laughs> sad but true yeah so uh anyway so it's interesting the coronavirus is uh, now, officially, a public health emergency, says the World Health Organization. Yeah. They and are a publicity emergency for a certain beer brand, by yeah. the way. Uh, yeah. They are also, uh, the World Health Association has also said that the travel bans are not really going to help. Really? That you don't know how long, 
you have to quarantine someone for and that the travel ban may simply delay. You can't have a travel ban to China forever. 1.5 right. billion people. We're going to build a wall around China. Although, you if you could, I know who would propose it. Yes, tear down this wall. <laughs> so, it's not worth it. So what are they doing at the airports? Do they do, Are they taking a sample of your blood? How are they, you know, scanning you? Is it a scan or? Well, uh, when you're coming I don't in, think it's, it's a blood temporal thing. thermometer. It's a screening, like screening for a cold. It is. Yeah. I'm, is you're it? laughing, but yeah. that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Oh, and it's not okay. even that effective. Um, so, but my wife won't get on an airplane right now. I don't blame her. She's hoping She's than you know. that the virus is under control by the time we go to Florida. Oh, great. Uh, or... Hey, She's, yeah. we're going to go in the car and we're going to drive. Are you sure you want to go to Florida? Do you really want to end up one of those headlines? A Florida man. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want that to precede any tragic thing that uh, happens. Any story about you? Well, there's a guy, actually, an ex-Disney employee who was found guilty last week of stealing costumes, not just costumes, but props from Disney's Magic Kingdom. And he sold them online. Like he went on eBay or, you know, what, or Etsy or whichever, and he sold them online. And he got 10 years probation, uh, hundreds of community service hours, and uh, he had to pay restitution. And then, of course, he had to keep away from Disney. So as he's leaving the courtroom, the reporters stop him and say, so what now? And he's going, I'm, I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> he did not say it. He did. Oh, it's, that's what he did. So not only is he a crook, he's a smartass. Well, worse than just going to Florida, we're on a cruise April 1st through the 8th. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, Bob, you really ought to consider an Airbnb. I hope it's not a Carnival cruise. Not the well, sad. It's a it's a classic rock cruise. Oh, I've heard of those. Yeah, who's the band? We have the Moody Blues. Uh, Excellent. Justin Hayward of the Moody Blues Headlines, and a whole bunch of other bands that are essentially people who were thrown out of bands and now yes. tour with uh, spin, uh, what they call spinoffs, tributes. So there's a Joe there's a Joe Walsh guitarist. Who found a younger, healthier Joe Walsh, which is easy to do. Yeah. It's not a high bar. And then there's all of the members of the Electric Light Orchestra who yes, literally wrote the songs. Yes. Uh, and, and like the old guy who wrote all the string section parts and everything is in this band and they just call it orchestra. Because apparently Jeff Lynn owns the word electric. And yes. The word when light. I went to see him, when I went to see him, it was Jeff Lynn's ELO right. in Toronto. Right. Yeah. And they've been in court so many times. I, I don't understand that. A band's going to court to fight. Oh, yeah? Talk to Boston. Mm. Oh, they've done it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and John Fogarty is always in court. And oh, I have a friend who is one of the best harmonica players in the world named Lee Oscar. Mm -hmm. You've heard of Lee Oscar harmonicas. Mm -hmm. He was the harmonica player for war. Wow. And a good player, too. Uh, he's, a, he's one of the, literally, maybe the greatest harmonica player. It depends on what kind of style you like. Yeah. Stevie's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but he, uh, War kicked all the original members out, and just one original member of War <laughs> went to court with a vicious yeah. lawyer and a vicious manager and owned the, owned the name. They won the court case. And so these other guys, call themselves the lowrider band and they tour with like four out of the five original members mm -hmm. they are not allowed to say the word war in any of their advertising well that's mm. like the they, nfl <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
How is that like the NFL? Well, no, you can't say you can't Super say Bowl. Patriots. Uh, you know, New England's favorite team. You know, without, oh, you also right? yeah. you also oh. can't use that Vegas phrase before the fight or without being sued because well, he's right. put out a bounty let's, if you report it. Let's oh. get ready to rumble stuff like that. Yeah, hey, no, don't yeah. say. No, I guess if you sell. Out. I guess if you tra tra trademark and patent something, you know, it's yeah. it's that way. I remember Famous Amos sold his cookie company, and he was like, you know, he says like he used his real name, Cookies, and he couldn't oh, sell boy. any. Oh boy! But and that's sad. Uh, but anyway, uh, so all these bands play, and uh, I just I it's terrible of me to think, but I, I I'm hoping on a classic rock cruise, and again, I'm going to apologize before I even say this, and I don't mean it in any racial way, but I'm pretty sure not a lot of Asian Electric Light Orchestra fans. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> Have you seen the lead singer for Journey lately? <laughs> oh, gosh, you're right. <laughs> I'm just saying, Bob. <sighs> you're, you're, you're typecasting people. I know. The yeah, world is a melting pot now. Boy, yeah. talk about it. Social yeah. anxiety and phobias. Yeah. Really, Mac. yeah. Maybe that's the lesson of the coronavirus <laughs> is that we finally realize that yeah. we are all brothers on this big rock, this planet and, Earth. By the way, Bob, we don't all have cameras. <laughs> yes, you, <know. laughs> you doing that impression is all kinds of ironic. <laughs> And wrong, yeah. That is wrong. On that note, thank All you for right. listening to the Bob and Zip cast, episode number five. If you enjoy it, just go to bobandzip.com and leave us a comment. And uh, if there's anything you'd like to know or have us opine on, opine. feel free to let us know. Any last words? I love when you use the $10 words. Opine, <laughs> Bob. It's just so impressive for a rock guy. You know how I got that from? Uh, your wife? No. She wouldn't use a word like that. Uh, it, uh, it, Bill O'Reilly ah, on Fox. Yeah. Oh boy. That's a source who, <laughs> well, I, I, I actually enjoyed him. You notice I use the word enjoy instead of like. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nebulous. Of very self yeah. subtle. I mean, I enjoy Trump a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and I just don't like him at all. But uh, he used to say, if you wish to opine, I have to give someone credit when I steal an idea from them. All right, Zip, what do you got? Uh, I got to take the dogs out. They're humping me. <laughs> Go take the dogs out. Ooh, ooh, All right. Ooh, ooh, and Ed, you get the last word. Good luck getting that Detroit Tigers stadium uh, yeah, amen team announcer game. Yeah. And I promise, even as a Canadian, I will stand for the American National Anthem. God bless you. <laughs>